From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you here, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, and of course, our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, with us as well. Hey, friends, by the way, just want to thank you, uh, the folks down at Church in the Park, down at Beardbook. Park, Beardbrook Park. Say that Say ten Brooke, times real quick. Just three times. That sounds like one of those radio audition <laughs> tests, right? Yeah. Beardbrook Park. Anyway, Beardbrook Park in Modesto. Had a great Easy time. <laughs> yeah, with uh, you yesterday, and and a wonderful time just to to uh, share our hearts and uh, thank you for the privilege of being able to share with you tomorrow. And thanks to many of you who also joined us at the Modesto Mayoral Candidate Luncheon Mm -hmm. last Wednesday. What a cool time, wasn't wasn't it? it? Yes, it was. And what I thought was refreshing, we had had four candidates for mayor of uh, Modesto who were there, and there was no attacking one another. There was no putting each other down. No food fight, nothing. No food fights. No, (laughs) that's... Uh, that's thank you for that. Yeah. And anyway, uh, it was a great time just to hear the hearts of the candidates and, and their vision for Modesto. Some good questions from the audience as well. And thanks to all, especially Trinity networking teams yes. who uh, really came up with the idea, sponsored the mm-hmm. event and uh, it did help uh, our treasury here at Advancing Vibrant Communities to help us do what we do. So thanks to all of you who uh, participated in that. Great time tonight, and this is we're going to have one of our, our uh, kind of new friends, I guess you could yes. say, uh, uh, met uh, Sylvia Rodriguez a couple years ago and, and uh, just had the opportunity to uh, partner with her and, and the bank that she works for with ABC, a BBVA Compass Bank, uh, in a uh, business way, but also through that process learned an incredible story about Sylvia and her husband and uh, and some some wonderful young people who populate her home Indeed. over the years. And we're going to rejoice over that, hear that story in a couple minutes. Before we do, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with news about a real-life Jesus freak whose name we can't reveal on the radio. Just a few years ago in Pakistan, this Islamic student began a quest to get to the truth about Jesus. He debated Christian students for hours. He appealed to Muslim clerics. Then a Christian pastor challenged him to compare the Quran with the Bible. There he found the truth and accepted Christ. His family kicked him out. One brother threatened to kill him. He lost his physical family but gained a new spiritual family. Today, as an ordained pastor, he writes, 
Now I help my Christian brothers and sisters to understand Muslims and lead them to Christ. Get a global perspective from the voice of the martyrs. Go online to persecution.com. You know, friends, and that's just a reminder of the tremendous sacrifices that are made around the world for the uh, for the cause of Christ. And, you know, someone uh, here in, in America of, of European descent anyway makes a decision to follow Christ and, and people rejoice and it's a, you know, fairly easy transition. But here's a guy that makes a cultural uh, sin, I guess you could say, and, and is threatened with death by his brother and ostracized by his family. Tremendous sacrifice, and yet God uses um, those heroes in such powerful ways. And we encourage you, along with the voice of the martyrs, to pray for those believers who are persecuted around the world. Well, now let's check in with Brad Dacus in the Pacific Justice Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. The number one obstacle to church growth in America today is opposition from local authorities, such as the case with Faith Fellowship Church in San Leandro, California. The church bought an industrial building only to be denied rezoning and occupancy after the fact. And PGI sued, but a federal judge sided with the city. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals overturned the prior decision, giving Faith Fellowship Church and thousands of churches in western states the rights to expand in their communities. But wait. The city of San Leandro is now asking the U.S. Supreme Court to review the case. And we are ready. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. Well, friends, you know, and, and I have to come back and say, you know, thank you, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, Federal Court, for a very just and and righteous decision. Amen. You know, we have not always seen eye to eye with the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, but thank you for that very just and, and, and righteous decision. And and we pray that the U.S. Supreme Court will make a uh, similar... And I, I just can't figure out, in today's economy, when dollars on, on the business side are short and when dollars on the government side are even shorter... What in the world is a city doing spending all the money to go to the Supreme Court to fight a church coming into town for good? Please. This is incomprehensible uh, to me, but I'm, I guess there, there must be some reason for it. Anyway, our prayers are with that church and, and uh, with the city of San Leandro that uh, they'll, they'll soften their hearts. And if it does get to the Supreme Court, that a righteous decision will be made there. Well, let's take a quick look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way, and then we're going to get to, not that this isn't good stuff, but some other stuff as well. The Delta Blood Bank, and we just, oh, we sing their praises because I have to tell you that it's through the Delta Blood Bank, our friends there, that we met mm. our friends tonight. You know Michelle Mills. Yes, mm -hmm. you do, Sylvia. Okay. Well, they're getting ready to hold their eighth annual Dia de Donar Sangre, mm -hmm. and that means the Donor Day. It's going to take place Friday. August 19th 
from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Modesto and Stockton, Univision, Channel 19, and the Three Amigos Auto Center teaming up to help save lives in our community with the Delta Blood Bank's biggest blood drive. Now, the public is invited. We're all invited to this special uh, blood drive. Make a critical impact in your community. We're going to work together to save up to 500 lives, maybe more, just one day by donating blood. Adult volunteers who are bilingual in Spanish and English needed to help the staff with translation services from 6 a.m. I know it's early. I'll be out there. Uh, come out and join us from 8 to Yes, <laughs> Pastor Mike's going, is there a 6 a.m.? Yes. People-friendly volunteers. You know what our friend Pastor Ross Bryles says about me? Uh, he says a lot of things about yeah, well, you, but is this, can we say This it? one's repeatable, yeah. <laughs> okay. He says, I just found out that Mike knows that 6 o'clock occurs twice a day. <laughs> anyway. anyway. <laughs> a, a just point. think about that for a little think bit. Think about it. thought about it. I'll get do. cards and letters, we'll I'm sure. Send them to one. Pastor Mike. Uh, uh, people-friendly volunteers ages 16 years and up also needed to greet, direct, serve refreshments uh, to donors at this special event. Uh, we like those refreshments, you know, the cookies and the juice. Orange and juice and after. cookies yes, right afterwards. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, after you, you they take your blood and all that stuff. So uh, come on out, uh, additional mobile blood drive. I was asking about steak and lobster after that, but they said, no, well, no, no quite, not quite in the budget. Scratch their no. heads when they see you coming. The additional A lot of people sites. do that. Uh, <laughs> I do every day. Stanislaus, San Joaquin, Calaveras, El Dorado, and Tuolumne counties celebrating its 57th anniversary. Yes, the Delta Blood Bank, a nonprofit community blood bank, is the leading blood supplier for the San Joaquin Valley and the Foothill area. So we hope that you'll join us Friday, August 19th, and uh, that'll be a great, great time. You know, the Salvation Army Red Shield Corps, helping kindergarten through 12th grade youth excel with the after-school tutoring program, needing volunteers ages 16 years and older, uh, to assist youth with homework, basic skills, flashcards. Remember flashcards that we used to? Yeah. Anyway, listen uh, to them read, etc. The, the program is open Monday through Thursday in the afternoons between 3 and 4.30 p.m. I'm sure Pastor Mike is up by then. And the newly renovated library. <laughs> Volunteers should have the ability to read, write English, uh, and, and have an interest in working with young children. And adult volunteers must pass a background check. The Salvation, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> you can do that. The Salvation Army Red Shield Center is a Christian-based community center for people of all ages, whose purpose it is to provide positive character-building activities by offering educational, recreational, social, and spiritual programs. We endorse this. Very much. Now, I want you to know that friendly pets and their humans are needed to visit seniors in convalescent hospitals, and this would be a really fun thing. I'll to bring my up. goats. Bring your goats, and yeah. I'll bring Kiko. Kiko is go. my new family member, and uh, I brought a picture what here. What is he again? He's, well, hold it up to the microphone so everybody so can, you can see, see it. Kiko, yeah. this is right after his bath on Saturday, and he's such yeah. a lovable puppy. And he's half? He's, about, he's half pit bull, half bulldog, and he's a great I worked guard. for a guy like that one. Did you? <laughs> no, it wasn't Kiko. Oh, but, no, it wasn't yeah. Kiko. No, Kiko. He's uh, a great dog. He's very powerful. He's like a football player, and we're just enrolled in obedience class, both of us. And so pray for us. We, <laughs> we have a little tiny dog. We, yes, yeah, we do. O- Odie's very Odie's tiny. Very t- Kiko would use Odie as a toothpick, I'm afraid. That's, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. That's why I'll bring my goats. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe Kiko can herd the goats. 
Yeah, that would be very entertaining for the for the I'm people. I'm sure it would be, and maybe it yeah. would would go to uh, serve this purpose very well. I'm yeah, not I sure. Know. I don't know if it would cause trauma for these people might or not. Get their goat. You Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Volunteers accompany their pets as they socialize with residents and facilities throughout our community. This is a good thing. And you know, during these visits, animals are often. Uh, successful in increasing communication and decreasing anxiety. <laughs> Pastor Mike's pets and Kiko, but anyway, my goats might increase anxiety. I'm not <laughs> might sure give you about anxiety that, and traumatize yeah. you. But the but visits, they're pygmy goats. They're cute little they're things. They're darling. Right? Oh, I just love them. Of course, they're addicted to Cheetos Do we now. Want to go thanks there? to uh, some unknown person. We won't tell you what. Anyway, were you trying anyway, to get through that? We will. Visits are okay. made the first and second Saturday mornings and the third Wednesday mornings of each month. And the SPCA provides education and information to the community and helps find homes for animals in need. And uh, if you have any questions regarding any of these activities, dear friends, you can call our friend Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, that's 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email her at bborba at uastan.org, and she'll be happy to answer any questions and uh, probably set you straight on some of the things that we well, Don't bring the goats. <laughs> no. uh, it's probably a bad idea. You know, people here at ABC oftentimes ask us what our greatest need is. And our number one need uh, for donated household items besides therapy <laughs> is beds uh, of all sizes. You know, one size does not fit all, but we, we do take all sizes. And there's a gentleman in his 50s. Young. <laughs> very young. <laughs> AARP stuff. Yeah, 50s is very young. 50s is very young. Young guy. Well, and, yeah. and his need uh, is for a twin bed for his, not his young mom, is coming to stay with him, and he doesn't have a bed for her. Oh, okay. So if you have a bed to donate for his mom, uh, let us know, and we'll make that delivery possible. And again, we need beds for so many. Families. We have such a such a demand. We do for beds in this economy, and and you know a lot of people are getting into rental properties now that that some were homeless previously, and Absolutely. have a lot of single moms and dads that are working multiple jobs and just barely making it, but they can't afford furniture. So, friends, if you do have, and and we emphasize, please, these need to be clean. Uh, beds that you'd be willing to sleep in, you know, not not yes. things that we have to repair or clean up. You know, we, we deliver these almost directly to the people in need. And think of it like you're Jesus giving this bed. Mm-hmm. If Jesus was at your door mm-hmm. presenting you with a bed, he wouldn't give you something that was, you know. Had bed bugs or anything. Bed you know, bugs no, 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 he'd, he he'd give that. you the best that he could that's offer. Right. And that's the spirit that we want you to offer. And uh, so if you can help us out, we'd appreciate that. Did we give our phone number yet? Let's do it. It's area code 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. And Elaine updates our daily update page with new opportunities to serve a couple times a day. You can log into that at www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Click on the little red flashy thing, and it'll take you right there. By the way, if you're a Facebooker, we're on Facebook as well. It's Facebook slash Advancing Vibrant Communities. All um, all run together there, the three words. And, and uh, we also post needs on there as well. Mm, very good. You know, you hear us speak so oftentimes of the networking that we do uh, with our partners here at AVC. And 
And, and Mike, if it hadn't been for networking, as we said, we wouldn't have met our dear guest tonight, and he wouldn't be here on Lighthouse Live with us. And we are so excited about this. And I have to say, first of all, that because of, of our friend with, with Michelle and, and the, the partnership with Delta Blood Bank, and we're just so thankful for Michelle. And I hope Michelle's listening because she, she does that oftentimes. We know that also. So we just want to say a big hi to her. And also to Judy Rodriguez at uh, BBV Compass. And uh, what does BBV stand for? What does that stand for? At one time, it was the Foreign National Bank, and it was Banco Bilboa, Vizcaya, Argentina. And now it was purchased by Compass, and so now it is just an acronym like the Say that ten code. times I, I was going to say, no, but you, you do know, that. I don't yeah. think you want to say that okay. ten times. I'm going to write quick. that down and practice <laughs> wow. it. Wow. So uh, it really doesn't mean a whole lot anymore. Does I'll, anyone ever ask you that? Because I, I get asked that probably on a weekly basis, probably at least five times oh a week. Oh, my goodness. I ne- oh, Compass wild. is a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, just, just, you know. <laughs> do you notice how that rolled off the tongue, but the other one didn't? My goodness. <laughs> That's what we usually get. They remember the Compass, yeah. and then sometimes they thought we were selling maps at one point. Oh, <laughs> well, really? Is compass, that, yeah, I mean, compass yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and yeah. before we get into that, I just want to say w- w- what a pleasure it is yes. to work with local banks. Mm, and, and there's another absolutely. one we work with in town, and we love them, and we love you. And yes. just just the, the, the way that, that you are focused genuinely on the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a sales job. You really no. are. You are obviously concerned about the local community. And, and we've had experiences with national banks that, you know, aren't. And uh, so... Uh, I would say, you know, we just need to be um, thankful for those of you who are concerned about the community. Thank you. I think you're well, buzzing we thank there, you around, guys. Sylvia. Well, you know, the we m- thank you guys. Trust me, without you guys, we wouldn't do what we do. Um, our primary focus with BBVA Compass is um, exactly that the focus that we had years ago when we were that small savings and loan where we wanted to give back to the community. So individually, we've all taken a role in different areas. Um, for me, it's been um, kind of for some reason, thrown on my plate where I think um, we could help young people in our home. So mm, that's yes. kind of what we do. Um, but um, I thank all of you because without all of you um, believing in us, we wouldn't be here. You know, the moment you and Judy walked through the doors here at ABC, we just absolutely fell in love with you. And it wasn't about coming in to sell us anything. No, You didn't have to do that because it was just we clicked Absolutely. Absolutely. And those are the relationships that you want to make solid because, you know, together you can do a a large area would be covered with, you know, what our resources as well as yours. And that is what Judy and I are focused on, giving back to the community and touching whoever we can along the way. You said it, relationships. It is. It's about building a relationship. Knowing somebody is one thing, but having a relationship that's lasting a lifetime is going to be huge. Don't, Don't you think in business... In, especially in today's uh-huh. economy, that in business we're kind of going back to that old tried and true American absolutely. thing of, of trust. You do because business it works. With people, yeah, it ab- works absolutely. And and the huge corporate thing kind of lost its luster. You know, I think they're catching the on again. Industry. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And I think they've gotten that. Um, and I'm not saying that we haven't gone through our growing pains. Sure. I think every company does when they think they're going to do something right mm-hmm. and it doesn't work, and then they realize really the old stuff was working. You know, it's like that old recipe your mom gave you. It worked. So let's keep it going. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've been fortunate. I've been um, with the company um, 19 years. Wow, It'll be 20 years great. this year. And um, I've seen a lot of changes through the years. And um, we're going back to our roots, and which is ecstatic for Judy and I. We absolutely love what we do as long as we can keep our relationships. 
and customer that, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Customer service. That's what I, I, I definitely believe in customer service. I believe giving back whatever I do in the community. When I say giving back, my husband and I um, own a few businesses and we believe in working with our businesses. That's the way we're going to keep it going. Just like the old West. And when you guys give it back for Mm -hmm. you guys came in and you were, of course we talked about all that you offer Mm -hmm. at BBV compass. Did I get it right? Yes. Okay. I'm not going to go into the long version of that. (laughs) Come on. A couple of times. Three times. Write it down and I'll practice it. Okay. Next time. (laughs) But you know, Judy Rodriguez and we've got Sylvia Rodriguez, Judy Rodriguez. And of course, Nick Ortiz is joining us tonight as well. No relation. Well, Nick, (laughs) Judy and I are not related. Judy and you are not related, but I'll tell you what you are because you're beautiful sisters. Absolutely. Yes. And friends. And and it's just a wonderful bond that was created when you uh, when you graced the doors here at ABC. Aww. And, uh, you know, Judy got all involved. And you too, Sylvia, because Judy has donated time and time again. And you talk about networking and relationships. Oh, she's committed. Judy very committed. is very committed. I ought to be. But anyway. Yes, you are, Elaine. Yes, you are. I was talking about something else. But you inspire Judy, us. Judy. Dr. Jim Henman was two weeks ago. I know. Just flashback there, Mike. But Judy connected us with a lovely family in Manteca who mm. donated some baby items to a family who had nothing, bringing some babies into the world. We're going to talk about babies and children more tonight. But they did, donated some beautiful items, like brand new. These people, Sylvia thought it was oh, Christmas. I wonderful. kid you not. Judy continued then to donate men's clothing to the PACT program, the parole and community team program. These prisoners are released every two weeks. They come out with nothing but the clothing on oh, their backs. Oh, Just wonderful. amazing, amazing things. You guys continue to get involved just all the time. And then you were telling us a story about you and your husband. Absolutely. Oh. You know, let me kind of share what happened. We kind of got thrown into this. Um, it was kind of, we don't know why, you know, sometimes things happen in your life and you really don't know why. Um, we had a, a brother that, um, wanted to adopt these two girls. And during that time, um, he had to become a foster parent. And, um, for him and his wife to go, go on vacation, we needed to be certified to, to hold these girls at our home. So, um, Rod and I thought we'd do it. We didn't think it was a big deal. You know, you attend probably 12 or 15 classes. I don't remember what it was at the time. Um, we became licensed and for sure I thought nobody would want to live in my home because I work full time and my husband, um, runs a few businesses. So he's quite busy. And, um, it wasn't too long after we were licensed, our phone continually rang off the hook. Um, they were constantly asking the same question. Do you really live on a farm and is your husband really the stay at home dad? I said, well, he's a retired dairyman and he is home most of the time and I do go to work. So um, from there is where our adventure began. We started to get um, numerous calls from different um, areas in the community uh, about placing, whether it be kids coming out of probation, and we have taken those. And um, then we got um, the county um, foster um, association involved, and they kind of chimed in a little bit to find out what we actually did and what we were all about. Um, they've been out several times, and um, 
through the years, we had um, always donated. You know, we have um, our share of trees. We have, um, when I say trees, we have almonds and lots of fruit trees. So we would donate to the community. So they were kind of familiar with who we were when they came out. Uh So from then on, um, you know, they kind of brought one child over and we thought, well, he won't want to stay because we're busy and he won't want to stay. And um, the first one stayed and he ended up staying four years. And um, from then on, we started getting plenty of kids. And at one time, we had um, nine kids at the house, six of our, six foster kids, and we had three of our own. So um, our house became pretty pretty busy and rambunctious and lots of adventures. Um, and through the years, we've made some wonderful relationships and have been able to touch some lives. Some have really touched our lives. And that's probably... Um, the biggest lesson I learned through this is um, as growing up, I'm one out of 12 children. And for some reason, I thought I only wanted one or two or three would be okay <laughs> at the most. But having 12 would never happen in my home. Well, it did happen. You know, there was times that we had 12 kids in our home wow. because six always bring six more. They always mm-hmm. want to have a friend over. So um, our lives totally changed. But in that time, our those kids changed our lives. And when I say that, I mean that completely. I don't think parents really think that they could love another child that's not theirs. And Mm -hmm. I think we grow up with that stereotype that, oh, you have a child and, you know, you raise it and and you're done. When I started to bring these kids into my home, I realized that I was in love with them as much as I love my own. So um, I've kept quite a few. Um, I had one that I had for eight years and he is now in the Navy. My son, my um, husband will be joining him in Oahu on Wednesday and coming back. Wow. And uh, he's going to be on the Navy ship with him for about 10 days, and then he'll come home. Wow. So we've had some exciting um, and great opportunities. When I say great opportunities, one has opened a door for another. Some of the kids uh, network within their own little group as well as we do. So one will introduce me to another one, and before you know it, that other one will end up being part of our home for whatever the reason. And that is kind of how we're, we got Nick. You know, he knew Anthony, and they were friends. And so Anthony Riders away uh, let us know that Nick was another one that was a good one, so take him. Oh. So we've we've kind of built a relationship with the county, and and they've been wonderful. Um, foster uh, The foster agency has been wonderful. Probation has been wonderful. We've had, um, like I said, about we were counting, we think it's about 26 or 27 kids through our home. Wow. And um, we're not short-term foster parents, so we don't bring kids into our home that Mm -hmm. we don't think Mm -hmm. we can help if we don't feel like it's a connection. Unfortunately, we tell them, you know, you probably need to find a home. Because we are in the country, to be honest with you, there's a lot of kids that maybe don't want to be in the country. But um, we've been very, very fortunate that um, I would say probably about 95% of them always stayed. So we've had a wonderful, wonderful last couple of, uh, I would say, nine years. Not, it's not a couple anymore. It's going on 10 years of kids coming in and out of our home. And we've learned so much about what kids really want. And they really want the same thing. They want parents. They want a stable life. Mm. And they want the same thing your kids wanted. They want an opportunity to, to excel in sports and do well. You talked about being in love with them. I think God fills you Absolutely. with that love for them, Sylvia. This what a marvelous story. Well, thank you, Elaine. We've um, we've like I said, we've really 
you know, it's heart wrenching when, you know, sometimes you get so close to these kids and they're telling you they're going to go into service. I was devastated, you know, when the first one did it and it was a few years ago. And then I come home and I'm thinking I'm going to send another one to college and nope, I'm going. And, you know, now I'm kind of, I'm a little tougher now. <laughs> when Nick told me he's going into the Marines, I just said, okay. It was a hard swallow, but okay. You know, you just learn to take it. But, um, these kids have an ambition just like your kids do. And so um, the the most important thing is to remember that they just they just want a home. And so I'm going to let Nick kind of share on how he became a foster child and what his experience has been like a little bit. And um, if you guys have questions for me, I'll answer. All right. Okay. Nick, we're going to give you a lot of space. We have a, we have a, a song coming up here in about three minutes. but uh, So we're going to give you a lot of space on the other side. Uh, before we do that, though, let me just ask you, heading into, uh, and Elaine has selected an awesome, awesome song for us this this afternoon. You're going to love it. What was it that struck you when you entered this home, you know, that, that Rod and Sylvia had at this farm? What what struck you immediately about it that said to you, hey, this place has possibilities? What, what was it that impressed you initially? Well, it was a strong bond that they had with their kids. They had a good connection with their kids, and that's really what I loved about this home. And how old were you when you first came in? Well, I barely came to this home about seven months ago. Oh, okay, and how old are you now? I'm 16. 16. Yes. Wow. And, uh, you know, before you'd been in other uh, foster homes as well? Uh, this is my fourth foster home that I've been in. Your fourth. Yes. Okay. So you noticed a strong bond yes. between the foster parents and, and the kids. And uh, as, as you looked at uh, the dynamics going there, what, what told you this is a place that's going to be okay for I, I'm going to be able to settle in here. What, what, what told you this, this chemistry is right? Well, in previous foster homes I've been in, they didn't really give the child a chance to be independent. Here, I had my chance to actually grow and had my chance to be more independent and pretty much look to where I want to go to instead of the parents forcing me to do what they wanted me to do. You know, let me ask you, you know, we see Sylvia here. I mean, like when she's home, does she wear a red cape with an S on it? I'm thinking <laughs> super mom here, know. right? <laughs> This is amazing, she is. amazing woman story. You know, bu- businesses and, and, and responsibilities at the bank, and and how does she do it? Well, she works, you know, seven days a week. She rarely gets time off, and she still gets home and still manages to cook for us and still manages to be a great mom, and mm. it's great. Nick, Amen. did you know right away that this was a good fit? Did it take long for you to realize? No, I knew right away. You knew right away. I've, it was instant. I've knew. I've known about them for you know ever since I first came to Modesto in foster care. I've known about them, and I've always wanted to move in with them, but social workers and parents wouldn't let me do it. They now, would always give me excuses like they were fool, or they would give me mm-hmm. excuses like they weren't taking kids. Now you had a friend that was already. Uh, well, it's the kid that went to the Navy. Anthony was Anthony. That, yes. Anthony. Okay. Anthony Miller. He. I would always see him at the movies or I'd see him at other foster organization parties, functions that they had. And he would always tell me, you, you should come move in. They need good kids. And knowing that he knows I was always a mellow one, always just trying to go past and do what I want to do. I wasn't doing bad things. I was just keeping my grades up and, Awesome. Well, we're going to hear more from Nick and from Sylvia in a couple minutes. Elaine. Yeah. And just, just so you guys know, Matthew West has, uh, has agreed to be our musical guest tonight. He wrote a beautiful song. I think you're going to love it. This is called One Less 
on Lighthouse Live, and we'll be back. There's a child Been abandoned out on the street Now she's waiting for someone to be her miracle There's a wife Somewhere halfway around the world Begging God for a little girl she could call her own Awesome. Nick, let me ask you, uh, having, having uh, been to several um, different foster homes before you came to uh, Sylvia and, and, and Rods, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced? A lot of us grew up in nuclear families, and, um, yes. you know, but you've gone through some unique experiences. What are some of the challenges that, that you faced kind of moving from family to family uh, to family? Well, some of the challenges would probably be adapting to what they want you to do, adapting to how they want you to act and mm. pretty much the adaptation and the move from home to home and the move making new friends and just things like that. Mm. Uh, have you been in like different schools because of that or have you been kind of in the same area? Well, right now 
I'm since I live in the country, I'm normally supposed to go to Downey High School, but instead I take a bus to Davis. I stay on the bus for about an hour and a half to get to the school I want to be at. Wow. Pastor Mike, he gets up at 5 a.m. to oh be able my. to keep up his regiment because he doesn't want to fail. That's wonderful. Hoorah. Yeah. So <laughs> he does know that 5 I'm, o'clock is twice a day. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> of what's coming notes? up for you right, in the Marine Corps. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, Al yeah, knows a little Mr. bit Al about does. that. Yeah, just, just a little bit. Sylvia, as as Nick entered your home, what did you see in Nick that uh, struck you and said, "Well, he's this this is going to be a good fit." You know, I think it was his um, his motivation. I think more than anything, he um, right away sat with us and um, expressed how much he wanted to be in our home. And I, at that point, I realized, and this is the second child that had kind of through the, the years had networked and found out where he wanted to be placed, but was not placed for whatever the situation was at the time. But he knew that, um, early on that he can be successful in our home. That made it so much easier because he knew, um, that we wanted them to succeed. You know, we, if we can't help them succeed, you know, I've said this before, then I'm probably not not the right person for you because I'm not doing my job as a parent. So a lot of times I think I think I'm tougher on myself, and I think Ron's tough on himself. Mm-hmm. Where we don't want to fail kids, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to fail your own child. So they already come with the stack kind of against them. So you want to give them every opportunity to get ahead. And he already knew that we wanted somebody that was going to be successful. He kind of let us know what his focus was. And all we did was kind of chime in and motivate him and maybe stroke the things that he wanted to to do and tell him those are doable. Dude, we're going to be with you. We want to see you succeed. So the relationship was very easy for us. When I say very easy, he allowed us to. Um, some kids have attachment issues, and I don't know if any of you ever heard that, but it's very hard for them. They've bounced enough times to where they, mm-hmm. they don't, there's a trust issue that has been broken. And so having him trust us, and I think that was built early on because he was friends with Anthony, and he had been with us eight years. He knew that Anthony trusted us, so he came in with an open mind and an open heart. Sylvia, there's a, a, a psalm in, in chapter 10, verse 14, that says, and this fits you and Ron. Uh-huh. It says, you have been the helper of the orphan. And you guys have. You've come right alongside them. And I'm just wondering, I'm thinking, you don't draw the line. I mean, you haven't. How many of you? 20? Oh, 20, it, it's 20? hard. How do you tell one no and one yes? Yeah. You know, you, Rod and I have struggled with that through the years. You know, when we've turned some away, there was a short time, and I, Nick and I were just kind of reminiscing in the car that um, as foster parents, you know, you think that kids get hurt and they bounce around. And one of the biggest, I think, things that I learned is some of these kids can hurt you too. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that it's it's not personal because they've they've been used to that kind of environment. It's normal for them. So there was a little while that I did not take placements, as Nick was mentioning. There might have been a time that he could have moved in, but my heart was broken, too. Mm -hmm. I lost a a daughter that I wanted to keep, and she was with me for three years, and I became very attached to her. And um, she wanted to move on to another home. So it, it was devastating. I could not believe it. Um, She did move on, but then wanted to come home when she realized that she did have a good thing and she didn't know it. Um, It's hard. It's hard. If you're not doing this with your heart, I don't think you should be doing it at all. Mm -hmm. And there was um, somebody at one time that said, you know, 
it's really a business. And I said, I don't, I don't think it's a business when your heart's involved, you know? So I had told this, you know, at that time it was a social worker. I said, if you consider this a business then I don't want to be in business with you. And, um, I severed ties with that um, person at that time because I was looking at it for long term and I really thought she would be somebody that I would adopt and we were looking at that. And um, so, you know, you just want to make sure that you have the right person that you're going to help and they're going to help you uh, be an asset and in addition to your family. They're not here temporarily. Nobody's a parent for a short time. We're a parent forever. I was just thinking about grandkids. Oh, gosh, I have two. (laughs) I have two. And they're just as involved. We have them three days a week for dinner. Um, I mean, we're running constantly. We are running constantly. We're home about, we we probably, we were going to the gym five days a week. Nick was reminding me, what about the gym? (laughs) Somehow we lost it between the fair and going to work. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to try to get back on our routine, but it is a full plate for us. But, um, you know, you know, a lot of people ask me, how could you share your home with people that you have no connection to? And, you know, I always say it, it's kind of like a hotel room. You go and rent a room from somebody, but you don't know who's coming into in and out of your um, hotel. You just hope that you build a relationship and they come back. So you got to start somewhere. And I think if a lot of parents put that, you know, aside and realize that they're making a lifelong connection, these kids are looking for help as well as you may be lonely and needing somebody to fill that void. And Sylvia, what about the men and women, you know, the moms and dads who cannot conceive, who oh, cannot absolutely. have children talk to those people? Absolutely. I've done it numerous times because, it, you know, if I had that situation and I've, I've said this to girlfriends, I could not um, conceive for whatever reason. We have um, several that have gone 10 years, 12 years, and now they are looking at it. You know, but I think for a long time there was, you know, Parents, tradition is the biggest killer. You know, mm-hmm. t- tradition is the biggest killer for families. And, and, and that's in my circle where, you know, the families are wanting this or the grandparents are wanting that. And I think now they're looking at it differently after they've seen our lives change so much. And they fall in love with the, kid, with the kids that we have in our home. There's not one of the kids that is in my home that cannot go to all of my family's events, all of our friends' events, mm-hmm. they're all welcomed. And so that has made it so much easier for us mm-hmm. to continue to do what we do. And so, um, you know, if I can send out one message is to open up your hearts and remind yourself that, you know, our kids put us through some challenges through the years. And um, I'm a stepmom to, to one, and um, my husband's a stepfather to my three. So if we were able to combine those families with no connection, it is no different to bring an, another foster child into your home. Now you talk about a blending family. Oh, you guys have really we got are, it going on. and we've been married twenty years, so <laughs> it works. It works if you put, you know, your hearts are in the right place and you focus in the right direction and you're in yoked in the right way. I think it all works. What do you do for quiet time? What do we do, Nick? Go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> well, we do family time. What do we do? We run in the living room and we yell family time and we all come out and kind of visit with each other. It's a running joke at home, but we notice that when we don't do it, they'll run out and say family time. And so we'll sit down and maybe watch a show together and kind of reminisce about what the week's been like. But um, I Quiet try... Quiet time's at 12 p.m. Yeah, it's a, it, it is. We're winding down pretty late, but we do... Uh, the most important time is dinner time. We spend every mm-hmm. night together. Oh. 
Um, we, I try to cook at least five nights a week, if not seven, depending on if I'm speaking those weeks, um, you know, those evenings, but we try to do it every night. What vitamins are you on, Sylvia? Oh gosh. (laughs) Caffeine, lots of caffeine. Nick knows the first thing in the morning is coffee. Don't talk to me until I have coffee, but I am the first one up and the last one to go to bed. But, you know, our life has been different because of it. If my husband had said this during a time where we kind of, um, you know, I had gotten so hurt that I did not take foster kids for a little while. Mm-hmm. And my husband said, there is no reason for me to come home. The house is so empty and mm-hmm. cold. Mm-hmm. So I went, I went to work that next day with that thought. And I actually called and said, you know what? If there's somebody that you think would be a good home placement for them, that we have a home for them. So mm-hmm. um, we started taking kids a year later and we took about a year off. And, um, I didn't realize how much my husband missed it. You know, he works out with these kids. When I say works out, he's, he's farming with them. They're on tractors with them. Um, they do a variety of things. I mean, there, there's never a dull moment at our place. And they're loving it. Yeah. We are absolutely loving it. We love the kids that have come into our home. We're very, very blessed. Sylvia, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago the long-term connection and, long-term. and support. You know, I mean, we only have two kids. Uh, well, the goats. I mean, I have four, but <laughs> yeah. we, we only have two children. We have Twinkie. And, we have a miniature dachshund that keeps Twinkie. Us, yeah, Twink- okay. she's well, about six pounds. <laughs> well, Kiko could use her for a toothpick, yeah, too, I think. Kiko but. is like 63 pounds. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yes, already. But, you know, I mean, Lori and I just assume. Yeah, I mean, we're in it for the long haul. You know, our, Absolutely. Our, our kids, as long as we're, you know, God allows us to breathe on Absolutely. this earth. Absolutely. We are available to them. And here you, I mean, you, you're going to need a log- logarithmic function here, you know, for all the <laughs> children that come through. But, but you've committed to be there long term, oh, not just for the time that, that they're yes. with you. And Every Nick- child that comes through our home, we give them the same opportunity. If they want to stay with us and go to school, whatever they want to do, we are going to try to help them succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, Rod and I first started, if we could just help one, if we could just mm-hmm. help one. Okay, mm-hmm. well, maybe we can help one more. Maybe we can help one more. You know, you just, you don't put a limit after you realize how much fun we're having. We have a lot of fun. We do, we travel together. We do a lot of activities together. You know, we got a boat, they, you know, a jet ski. So we, we play around a lot. We try to have a good time with them, give them the life that they should have had a long time ago. Nick, what does that mean to you knowing that, hey, um, Sylvia and, and Rod are in it long term for you? What does that mean to you? That just proves that. I actually have a family to go to yeah. when I don't have my real family. Amen. Amen. So, again, how many children have you had at one time in, under, under your we roof? We had nine living under the roof, and I was cooking for all nine. I'd get up at 5 and cook before I went to work, come home at lunch and start my dinner and finish it when I got home. Amazing. You, so, you do wear a cape with an I, ass I'm on. I'm telling you. I know you she does. does. We, 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 you know, if my mom could do 12, I could do nine. You know, right? <laughs> Isn't that the way it works? great upbringing, didn't you, Sylvia? <laughs> you know, I think back then I don't think we knew it was a good upbringing. To be truthful, did I don't know if it's you asked around. Right? It, yeah. yeah. And that's it the was, way it was. It, and, it and is you, what it is you didn't back then. Differently. And yeah. now you realize what a wonderful upbringing I really did have. You know, I had a mother that cooked all the meals, and I don't know how she did, and she worked, and my father worked, and we made it. You know, I don't I don't know how not to be that way. You know, I, I learned from my mother. Yeah, you brothers know, and sisters, absolutely. was there conflict, and how did you handle oh, that? Oh, gosh. I think half the time we were chasing each other with the dirt clock because we didn't have any <laughs> toys or any weapons. But, you know, you we made your own. Yes, absolutely. Yes. We made the best of it. And 
Um, we're very, very lucky. We're still fairly close. We, um, we have some that are distanced out a little bit, but, um, for the most part, the largest family out of the 12 has six children. And I think I've surpassed all the other ones. They have one or two and they're always telling me I'm crazy, but then they always want to be at our house, right, Nick? They're always think it's, it's the house to be. So they always end up at our house. So I think it's, um, when you have harmony in your home is how my mom said, you can feel the harmony within the kids when you walk in the house. Sylvia, do the children crave discipline? Do you find Yeah, I think so. I think sometimes it's, um, they don't want to come out and say it, but Mm -hmm. when you don't care and you don't discipline, I think they realize, you know what, you know, this isn't normal for them. Mm -hmm. And so I do think they do in their own way. I think, you know, all of us need our boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible's there for us to know, you know, where our limits are. And I think as children, they are looking for that. Um, you know, do they come out and say it? I don't think so, but they say it in a different way. Like you didn't say anything. Are you, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Is everything okay? And uh, you know, most of the time it's other things that are on your mind other than that, because, you know, we have such full lives anymore. Everybody's working and so busy, but I do think they, they, they do crave it. You know, we see the pressures that they're up against at school, the gangs, all of the different mm-hmm. pressures that they have that we might not have had those same pressures when right. we were growing up. They're different now. Absolutely. And so we need to listen, don't we? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that Rod and I always said, if we could only have one hour a day, what would be the most important hour? And this is when we had our children trying to combine families. It was dinner. We always said dinner Mm. because, you know, everybody's unwinding from the day, whether they're going to be their hiccups of the things that didn't go the way they wanted, Mm -hmm. or it's going to be their bragging rights on the table. So we, we never let them watch TV during the time that we sat down together. And we've kind of exemplified that with our foster kids that that time is our time. So, you know, wherever they're at, my husband will pull them off, take their phone. And there's a lot of times I'll say, give me your phone, you know, and I, and, and it's only because I want them to talk to me about what their day is like, because we don't always have a chance to talk. You know, we may text each other cause we're in a texting environment. I may be at a meeting somewhere and I'm texting Nick or Jose or my husband or my, my daughter but we need to talk. So our kids still come home. Tuesday nights is usually family night. Whoever wants to come home for dinner, all of our kids will come home that night. So we try to make dinner the most important part of the day. Awesome. You know, it, obviously this is a, a, a God gifting for you. I do believe right? that. I do. I think, you know, we always said we wanted to give something back. Who knew that it would be this way? Nick, what are some of the, the lessons about life? And, and, and really impressed by Nick here. For 16 years old, you're an incredibly mature gentleman, uh, Nick. You really are. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the life lessons that, that you've learned from being in this incredible environment that uh, you're in? What, what have you learned from, from mom and dad about your life and, and maybe what you want to be when you get older? Well, I learned that you just have to keep pushing no matter how much there is to do you have to make sure you do all of it if it's needed to if you need to do it i mean like sylvia says she works full time seven days a week still comes home to cook still goes to the gym still takes care of her grandkids those are things that she has to do to Mm. be able to succeed Mm. and i feel that that's what what i'm going to do to succeed as well what about being a good role model and a good example to others nick well as as a foster brother at my house he, his grades are low. He is older than me, but his grades are low, so I'm pushing him to succeed. And he's go to, he goes to a different school, so he's, I'm asking him if he wants to transfer and go to school with me. Yes, he has wow. to wake up early and everything, but I'll help him 
he'll have all the same classes with me because I'm in the Public Safety Academy at Davis. Good. So I'm going to put him in that with me as well if he wants to do it, and I will tutor him and I'll mentor him to succeed as well. That all right. is amazing. Nick, Nick for president. Yes. I can see it coming he's right got now, my right? vote. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, he's, uh, he not only does that, I, don't th- I think he's being a little modest. He coaches. He plays on um, two different sporting leagues. Yes. And so he is as busy as we are. So sometimes we ask Nick, are you going to be home with us tonight? (laughs) (laughs) So he is running, and um, I think he realizes that staying busy is is a positive thing Mm -hmm. because people around him are seeing it and noticing it. So more and more, I think um, even the school has asked him now to speak on foster care and how he can make changes in school. So he's on that committee as well. So he is very, very busy. He's being modest, but he is very, very busy. Tremendous. I know you're proud of him. I am. Yes. I am. Sylvia, if you don't, if you don't mind us, uh, uh, you know, maybe asking a question that that we shouldn't ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What do you pray for when you talk to God on a consistent basis? What What do you pray peace. for? Mm. Peace throughout the world. Peace within our hearts. Because if we have peace, I f- I feel that you'll feel it. Mm. You'll know that we want good things, and having um having a positive attitude. No matter how my day went, I pray about peace, and I want to wake up with a positive attitude. And I I say this to my staff, my husband, my kids, you know, this is all we can give back. Everything else will stay, but who we are, the legacy we leave behind, is who we are every day. Mm. And how has your experience in in being mom to these throngs, how, how has that affected your business in terms of, Dealing with people and co- <laughs> what are there any lessons you know, that you've learned that, that you you've know, transferred? The economy's been up and down <laughs> for the dairy farmers. Um, you know, we've been we've been able to keep plugging away. My husband says, you know, God always provides. We keep yes, plugging away, yes. and we're able to maintain um, and keep our farms, which is the most important thing right now to be able to keep them. Um, you know, I. I've never been one to have a huge ambition. Um, I've never been driven by money. To me, people were more important. And the biggest thing that my husband says, I don't want to move any of these people out of the farms because we have people that live on, um, we have 12 homes between the two farms. And those farmers have provided homes for these people. Mm. And they don't want to move. So we're working together um, to constantly bring things at a minimum just to keep things going. You know, you only need so much to live. The older you get, the more you look at things in a different light. Mm. And I think Rod and I have been there for a long time. You're never going to see us driving new cars. We drive old cars. My husband's got a 93 truck, and I've got a (laughs) six-year-old SUV. I love it. But um, we spend most of our time helping other people, you know, whether it be our kids right now. A lot of the kids have moved home, you know, for a short time because – Jobs have have changed. You know they are they are closing. Um, you name it, layoffs. We've had them all come home. So we've been very very blessed. My husband's always saying, you know, God always provides enough for us to get by. You know, you and Rod both are very relational, and you know, just listening to you share this way, and it reminds me so much. Mike, doesn't it? You back to the early church. They took care of one another. That's the way it's supposed to be. Well, Rod always says, you know. You are your brother's keeper. Mm. You know, we had a talk with our son the other day, and he was saying, you know, you know, my brother's not looking for a job. And my husband said, well, what are you doing to help him? And he goes, me? Why should I help him? Mm. 
And Rod said, how many times have you come home and asked for help? And he, he had to quote him that scripture. You are your brother's creeper. And um, this week, my son's got an interview that my other son was able to get for him. And so when he called on Sunday, he said, Mom, you know, I, I got Fabian an interview. And I said, you know, what else could you ask for? You know, that is a blessing to you. Not only are you looking good that you provided a service to somebody, now your brother's going to look at you like you're the hero. Amen. So if we, if everybody did a little bit of that, I don't think there would be a lot of um, animosity. There would be a lot more relationships that are saved. Yes. I think we need to go back to the basics. It all comes to the basics, helping each other out. You know, we were studying in the Serving Church Fellowship, uh, Elaine, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, First uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. And I, as, as you're talking, Sylvia, this, this came up right away. Be joyful always, the Apostle Paul says. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. It seems like you're living that out mm-hmm. in a very Absolutely. powerful way. We're uh, we're bumping the clock a little bit, Nick. How about uh, just a, a last sixty seconds for you, and you know maybe other other kids that are in similar circumstances who are just wondering, man, you know life's life's a bummer and doesn't seem like there's any hope. What what would you say to encourage them right now? Well, for them to think about their past and for them to think about their future. If they just sit there and they just think, well, I lived through this and through that, I'm never going to succeed. They won't. They need to think about it and think. Think forward. Don't think about what you live through. Don't think about where you come from. Think about what you need to do to succeed. Amen. Awesome. awesome. Sylvia, a couple words for fellow moms. I know it sounds like an oxymoron. Moron. <laughs> fellow moms. Fellow moms. Other moms. What encouragement would you uh, give to them being super mom over there? You know, I just think if um, if anybody even thinks about being a foster parent, or helping anybody, because you can foster anybody. I mean, anymore, it's, there's so many people that are needing help. And we've opened our home to people that we've met, literally. And, and Nick was living with us while we were helping a gal that lost her home. And she came to live with us, and she was with us for about seven months, I think. Yeah. And she just moved out last weekend, and my husband moved her out, and um, she's got her own place. I think we all, there's different ways of fostering. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be one way. There's so many people out there. I say open up your home, open up your heart. Your home is only sheetrock, but your heart is forever. Oh, well, that's great. That's great. And how can we pray for you, Sylvia, you and Rod? Pray that we can keep keep this going for a while longer. No illnesses. (laughs) That's the only thing that we pray for is continued good health and peace. All right. Well, thank you, Sylvia Rodriguez. You're Nick welcome. Ortiz. Thank you for joining us. And, you know, Rod has to come back. We'll oh, we're going to bring him. Oh, we're going to bring Nick him. Nick and I are going to. And, and all bring the kids, in. bring them too. Okay, you oh, got we it. welcome them with open arms. You got it. And thank you, dear friends, for joining us tonight, wherever you happen to be listening to Lighthouse Live. We just appreciate you sharing your time with us here. May God continue to bless you. We'll see you next time.